Back in here live, hour number two here on a Tuesday edition of Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Nick Braden, D-Mace, Marquise, Titans trade deadline today, 3 o'clock Central. And then tonight, Predators, Blackhawks, 7 o'clock puck drop at Bridgestone Arena. Of course, you can hear it right here on 102.5 The Game. Pre-game coverage gets underway at 6 o'clock. But Derek Mason, it is Tuesday. It is shortly after 7 o'clock, which means it's Top 4 Tuesday. Top for Tuesday. There we go. We ready, boys. I'm gonna throw a monkey wrench in the show. What oh, you, you, yeah, really? Yeah, you're gonna, gonna throw, throw another uh, another yeah. undeserving Big Ten team uh, yeah. in the top I'm four. Throw a monkey wrench in the how show. How that Wisconsin pick work out for you? Show a mon- what are you hey, gonna give us? Hey, they were the fir- fourth ranked team yeah. at the time. What are you gonna give us? Yeah. Indiana this week? Rutgers? Hey, Indiana. It bowl. could be Minnesota. Hey. Row the boat, baby. Indi- Row the boat. Indiana's bowl eligible. It could by the be SMU. It could be SMU. Here's my here's a question for you guys. Appalachian State. Real quickly on the Minnesota thing because they're undefeated. They will play Penn State, who's also undefeated. They're they're on bye this week, both of them, but they're playing in Minneapolis. I got Penn, did you, I got Minnesota. Did you guys see PJ Fleck open taking six minutes of his press conference to openly campaign for game day to come to Minneapolis? And he's like, "Listen, y'all can go to LSU Bama every single year. It doesn't matter. Come <laughs> how many how many times can you ever say that you're going to go watch an eight no Minnesota team? It's ne- game day has never been to to the Twin Cities. They've had a Super Bowl and a Final Four. He made really good points. Like his whole thing is game day is about going to special, unique places, right? It's going to be in well, Memphis. They're, yeah, they're going to Memphis. They're going to be in Memphis this week for the teammates. Won't go to Memphis, but game yeah. day will. Exactly. <laughs> if they, if if they, if I see them in Minneapolis instead of um, in Tuscaloosa. I'm not watching. No, I see. I, just, I am not watching. I, I did, I'm going to ban them from my television set. That's fine. You'll be the one that's not watching then. Because be a whole bunch of because people. A whole bunch of Alabama fans won't watch. They or went to LSU fans. They went to North Dakota State, right, last week? Yeah, Jay, um, Jack Rabbits and Bison. You got to go. They went to Western Michigan, Kalamazoo, when P.J. Fleck was coaching at Kalamazoo for mm-hmm. the biggest game of the match. The whole point of game day is to go to unique and tell unique stories. Like, that's the whole point. You literally can go to Tuscaloosa literally any any week of the season. But and literally, big you're not going to find uh, two undefeated teams like this. Well, li- literally, Minnesota and Penn State nah. are undefeated. <laughs> who, who, <laughs> Both undefeated, Who, who, who want to watch Penn State in, in Minnesota? It's not about watching the game. I thought it's you a, were the Big Ten guy. I am, it's but not, I don't want to watch them when Alabama and LSU is up not, on the docket. Derek, game day is not about watching the game that they are at. It, look, game day is about Tom Rinaldi giving a heartwarming story. I want my story. wife to cry. Yes. I don't want to no see... Ever said that. <laughs> I don't want to see them in Minneapolis with a oh, b- bunch of coats on and hats. and, and, and Oh, you Des- know. Desmond will be dressed like exactly. he's going ice fishing. Absolutely. And glo- I don't want to see Look, all of there's that. Full, okay? there's full, he made the great case. There's, I think he invited 4 million people to game day, P.J. Fleck, in his press conference. He said there's 4 million people. P.J. Fleck. Well, well for old, ESPN, it'll make sense. It makes sense. Because yes. it would be Minnesota and Penn State on the ESPN, and then the SEC Nations on the SEC Network can go to Alabama, LSU. But, that brings more more eyes on that product. And how many times have they been to Tuscaloosa? Like a million times. So like it's no they've way. never been to Minneapolis ever. I, his points are valid. Here's my problem. I don't think America is ready for PJ Fleck and James Franklin to be on the same car lot. I don't, I don't think they're I don't think yeah, America's right, ready for that. There. That is too much stick in one place. Yeah. Plus I don't want that old man wearing that big owl helmet either. So Yeah, I don't <laughs> want him I don't want him putting on a gopher helmet. You know? He's not gonna pick the gophers, thing. he'll pick a pen he'll pick the No, new he lines. will pick the gophers. I can I am promising. Well, who cares what Lee Corso picks? Who cares? You gotta call him what Herbie calls him. You gotta call him L C. 
Even though LC <laughs> is half the time don't know, I love LC. One, okay, w- once a year you're good for an f bomb. Hey, I, love that about, uh, I love that about Lee Court. <laughs> I love that hey, about Lee man, What you call it does a great job at kind of, you know, he kind of. Herbie grabs his Herb, arm. Yeah, Herbie <laughs> does a great job at kind of, you know, edging. Hey, just kind of. I'm going to help he you out. He always, like, points at the paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, I'm going to help you out here. He, he, he goes, hey, hey, coach, look at the paper. And then he grabs his <laughs> arm. And, and Lee's, like, is, is right Lee's like, well, Florida's played Tennessee 52 <laughs> times. <laughs> hey, sweetheart, not so fast. <laughs> All right, we shouldn't make fun of a guy who's had like three strokes. He's the man. Yeah. If they, if they ever get rid of him, I'm gonna I'm gonna go nuts. No, I think that, I think they need to, but that's just me. Oh, I, I, I think the course, old man. Anyway, I thought that was interesting that he yeah. op- openly campaigned for like six and a half minutes during his press conference to get game day to come to Minneapolis, Minnesota, just so y'all can lay an egg. I don't want to see that. All right, let's let's get top four Tuesday going. I'll go don't first. Be, don't be dumb. Here we go. Don't be dumb. There's no, there's no reason to be dumb here. This yeah. is, this is be, just layup right, city. Do the right thing, Nick. LSU number one. Ohio State number two. Alabama three. Clemson four. Penn State on the outside looking in at five. Penn State has no business being in the top four. Um, I, I don't. This is, the first, this is the first week of the season that I think the top four, in what order are you, whatever order you want them to be in. I don't really mind the order. I, you can argue any of these teams for number one. Um, but that the order isn't as important to me. This is the first. This is the first week of the year where it's a clear four, and you can't really make a case. And I know Derek's about to try that. You cannot really make a case for a team outside of the top four. You can't make a case for Georgia. You can't make a case for Florida. You can't make a case for Oklahoma. You can't make a case. Penn State's the only undefeated, really, the, that, that's even in the conversation. They. It's hard to make a case for them. They haven't looked extremely dominant in any way, shape, or form over anybody. Um, so it's it's really hard to make a case for anybody outside of LSU, Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. Those four. My order is probably a little different than everybody else's. I still have Alabama at number one. I've got Clemson at number two. I've got LSU at number three, and I've got Ohio State at four. There's really not a re- – like, they're all basically even. They're all elite teams. I'm assuming Tua is playing. I'm assuming he's back at practice this week, so I'm assuming I'm, – I'm counting Alabama with Tua when I do that. Um, you could argue Ohio State number one. You could argue LSU number one. You could argue Clemson number one. You can make a case for all these teams, but it's hard to make a case, Derek, for any team outside of those four to be in the top four. Yeah, say what y'all want. To say. So we, what we, we as a, sh- we as a show do agree that we base this off of neutral field, who would play who, who no, would win. No, I don't, I don't base mine on no? who. I don't, it's, it's so you're going resume? No, no. It's based on whatever I you want. I don't base it on. Well, what are you basing yours on? I don't base it on. Because that's know, how Braden and I do it. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's just unfair. I mean, well, no, mine, I, base I follow it, I base the rule of the I base it upon what I've seen, who you've played. I can't say, well, if Alabama and and, 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 and LSU play on a neutral field, who would win? No. Well, they do play. That's good. <laughs> but I can't say, well, I think Alabama will win or I think LSU will win. So that's why I'm going to put them ahead. No. They, if they don't play, I can't, deter- I can't base the determination upon that. So, so my so, thing is, I take that out. Well, so I, I, what, and just to make sure people are clear, I do my rankings based on what the committee's job is. The committee's mission statement is the four best teams in America. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So whatever you think the four best, however the process is in your mind individually, how you get to that point, that's what I do. I, my the, the charge of the committee, the mission statement of the committee is the four best teams in America. So I try to rank the best team, followed by the second best team, followed by the third best team, followed by the fourth best team. And that's based on everything. That's based on resume. That's based on how how good I think the players are, mm-hmm. you know, the experience, the coaching staff, the talent level. Like I, I take everything into account. Metrics, eye test, everything. 
and and I, I try to say who's the best. I think Alabama right now is the best team in America with Tua healthy. I think Clemson's number two. I think LSU's number three. I think Ohio State's four. I, I don't have a problem if you rotate those names around. What I have a problem with is if you put a different team in that top four. Yeah, that's just your problem. That's a you problem, not a Derek's problem. Um, <laughs> it, 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 here, here it is, and I'm going to lay this out quickly, why I'm doing what I'm doing. And, again, just like I had Wisconsin, you know, four, you know, it changed the week after. It, it didn't matter because they lost. Or I had another team. It didn't matter. They, they lost a one. Um, so, quickly – um, or I say, I say, this is a big buildup. I say we deliver this after the because break. there's a lot here. This is a lot. Yeah, and, you need some time. And I'm gonna have people just falling out of their cars, literally <laughs> driving, and they're gonna get so upset. Well, now you have to tease it. Yeah. They're well, if so you're on upset. your way to Smyrna on 24, you could legitimately fall out of your car because the road's just bumpy as hell. <laughs> so stick around. I'm used to that in my neighborhood too. Exactly. So I got, I got something for you. All I right. got something for oh, you. Oh, can't wait. It's going to make your head explode. Good. I need a good explosion. D-Mace coming up with his four next on Morning Drive. (laughs) Top four Tuesday, college football. It is Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5. The game. So last segment, Braden and I gave our top fours. Uh, I go LSU, Ohio State, Bama, Clemson in that order. Braden, you went what order? I've got uh, Bama, Clemson, LSU, Ohio State. But again, I think all four of them are basically even at this point. Okay, D-Mace? The floor is yours. Heads are ready to explode. There's actually cars pulled over on 24 you right now so? as we speak oh on the my shoulder. Goodness, that's what I like, man. To pull over right now because I don't want you to crash and then send us on tweets. my account and then send me tweets. Please tell me, telling me how crazy I am. Derek won't read them, but it's all good. Yeah, I'm not gonna read them. But Curse I don't mind. I'm not gonna read them. Okay, number one, number one. All right, I got LSU. They they've hands down has proven to me. That they are the best team, um, got the best resume in, in 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 college football, and they will be better. They will better prove it, uh, further prove it when they beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa um, in which, two weeks. Which you've been saying since since it started. Yep, I was saying in the SEC media days. Okay, That's so true. they're number one. Um, o State two, Bama three. To me, it doesn't matter with those three. I mean, if you want to argue, well, no, Alabama's number one. I, okay, it doesn't matter to me. Alabama one, if you want to make them number one. Ohio State three. I think those three teams have proven they should be in the top three. Whatever order you want to put them in, that's your deal. I would agree, disagree, it don't matter to me. So LSU, O State, Bama. And y'all know how much I love Bama. So putting them at number three is just, you know, it hurts my heart. But I don't know if two is going to play. So tell there me, you go. Tell me why you think Clemson sucks. I don't think Clemson sucks. I think Clemson is a good football team. <laughs> but here's the deal. And I'm not saying that I'm not putting Clemson at four or whatnot. I'm not saying anything. But here's the deal. Resume. Georgia Tech, Texas A&M, they were 12th at the time. Syracuse, Charlotte, UNC, Ooh. Florida State, Ooh. Louisville, Boston College. Ugh. Louisville and Florida State aren't bad. Uh, no, they're bad, man. No, no they're bad. Louisville they're has bad a teams. winning record. Uh, they're bad teams. And this one is really not that much better, but okay. Idaho, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Maryland, Purdue, Ugh. Iowa, and Michigan. They handled base they were in control of every game they played in. That's true. And they beat Michigan State uh in a rainfield day, but they basically owned Michigan State at Sparty Stadium. So with that being said, to me, and this is just this week, because it can change. The problem that I have 
with I have problems with both teams. I wish Georgia, I mean Oklahoma, hadn't lost, and it'd be a lot easier. I just throw Oklahoma at four. Um, but the problem I have with Clemson is that the ACC, they're just down. Period. But but what does that mean? Like, they you're, don't you're have right. Any, they you're don't have right. any competition, man. Right. And it's just like, but that's why they're would, winning by forty, yeah, whereas Penn State's lose, winning by seven. But at least Penn State, they they've had to play. You know, I was ranked. Um, Purdue, Michigan. Michigan was Purdue's ranked. terrible, um, but Michigan's you know, ranked. They've had to they've had to play teams. They've had to come into games where they knew if they didn't play their A game, they were going to lose. I don't think Clemson walked into any game thinking that okay, we're going to lose this game. They came close to losing against North UNC, yeah. and that's probably why they came close to losing to UNC is because they walked in there thinking like, but hey, we got this game, we're going to win. If that's the case, that's all true. Uh-huh. But if that's the case, then a five point win over Iowa. Is not play, right. is not playing well. An eight point win over Pittsburgh is not playing well. But you, a seven point win over Michigan, where you had a huge lead, is not necessarily playing well. But you beat these, if these ranked teams, and and it's just this week because next week it could change. Penn State got to play Minnesota in a couple of weeks. If they beat Minnesota, then they really got an argument for staying in that top four with anybody based upon their resume on ranked teams that they have played and beat. So to me, and only it's close. But I'm putting Penn State at four, Clemson at five. Um, I'm putting. I'm still having Oklahoma at six. I think that loss doesn't hurt to me. It doesn't hurt as bad. Yeah, I, dro- I dropped them from five to seven. I still think Oklahoma. Yeah, is I think they're really a good. top. Yeah. I, I still think they're a top seven team and, in the country. And Florida and Georgia will work themselves exactly. out this weekend, and one of them will be good. Oregon and you do not overlook Oregon. Oregon and Utah, both those teams are very, very good one-loss teams with great defenses. We'll see. They both have to play really tough road games this weekend. Utah goes to Washington. Oregon goes to USC. Two, two really quick questions and comments. Very, very serious. First mm-hmm. of all, uh, you, you mentioned Penn State and uh, Minnesota. They will play in a couple of weeks. They're both undefeated. Exactly. Game day. You know, they're trying to – P.J. Fletcher. You're talking to get about the day. 13th ranked team in the country and the 5th ranked team in yep. the country. Uh, both undefeated. They will play in two weeks. P.J. Fleck and James Franklin, if you had to buy a used car from one of them, <laughs> which one would you trust the most to sell you a 2012 Honda Passport? P.J. Fleck. P.J. Fleck, because he would give me a Carfax vehicle history report with it. Yeah. James Franklin would be like, oh, no, this car was never in a flood. Well, let me see the Carfax. He wouldn't have a Carfax. I don't have it. I don't have it right now. I'll give it to you before you – My sister took the day off today. She she, she has it. I think you guys are underselling the snarkiness of P.J. Fleck. Row the boat. Mm. Everything's a cliche, right? Everything's He's very Butch Jones, right? There's a lot of Butch Jones-isms there. So are, are you right. are you anti car salesman. car salesman for college football? I, I think there's a lot of flash. I don't know if there's a lot of substance. That's my question. Like James Franklin mismanages games at the end at the end of the at the end of the game routinely. Penn State fans will tell you this. Um, he was on the hot seat the year he won the Big Ten title because they came back and you know beat Ohio State on two block kicks. You know PJ Fleck is again. It appears to be some substance because there ain't no. They've also played nobody. In Minnesota, so, so what, I, I don't know. I just I think there's a, I think there's more flash, less substance with both PJ Fleck and James Franklin about Baylor because left on their schedule, far more substance. They got Oklahoma and Texas. Kansas is going to be a hard out because Kansas have, has played a lot better this year. I can't believe that's a, a lot less miles. I can't believe that's a thing somebody can say. I know, me, me either. But, but they have played better. Um, so but, if they run the table, they're not they, con- their non conference schedule is really bad, but. Anybody, if you win a power conference undefeated, you're probably going to get in. Like I, because like, they would have to you know, play either even if they don't deserve it. Texas 
or Oklahoma twice. They'd probably have to beat Oklahoma twice. Well, if they if they beat Oklahoma, who knows who's going to play in the Big 12 title game. Uh-huh. Right now it's actually a really great race. With Oklahoma losing this weekend, it's made for a really great race. Oklahoma's still in the driver's seat, but Baylor, like you said, they get Texas and Oklahoma at home later in the year. My, my follow-up additionally is, and it's not directed at you mm-hmm. uh, personally, Derek, but Clemson, like, the idea that Clemson keeps winning by 50 points and falling down the rankings is comical to me, not because like it's right or wrong, but because we are basically serving it up to Dabo Sweeney. The media, the fans, the writers, well, all of us. Dabo should get a better non-conference schedule. But now, beat, but then, you know, now Dabo's got all the motivation he that's needs. That's what I'm saying. Right? We're, serving, we're serving it up yeah. to Oh, Clemson. you could be right. Why, why in the world would we want to give the team that's won 23 consecutive games, who has the best player in college football and is the defending champ who's won two of the last three national titles, why would we want to make them feel disrespected? That, that's what I'm I, – I know they struggled against North Carolina. Fine. They've beaten everybody else by 40 points. They, they, beat, they beat Florida State by 35. They beat Louisville by 35. Louisville's 5-3 yeah. and three. They, on the road. They just beat uh, Boston College 59-7. to seven. They're, they're not even close against teams. They're crushing people, and they haven't lost in 23 games, and we're just like serving up motivation but you to know, dabble But you know how the committee platter. looks at it, and you know how the AP voters look at it. You should not factor in the winning streak to this year. What happened no, no, last no, no, year no. should not apply. No, of course not. Well, no, right. to me, I, I think I'm not they, talking about that I for the resume. They still, uh, ultimately, I think they still get in. Because even though what you said is true, I think they will take that into account somehow, some way. If they don't lose a game, how can you then but if you win leave it, Clemson out? Right, I exactly. Just, yeah, how exactly. can you right. leave them out? And, and if you win, but again, so I always go to 2013 in Florida State. They played nobody. Mm-hmm. Their schedule was atrocious, one of the worst schedules. Just because you play a bad schedule doesn't make you one of the best teams. That, that's something we have to it's, – it's really tough to separate that sometimes, but you have to do that. You have – like Florida State won by 42 points a game that year. L- literally, you can look it up. They won by six touchdowns per game on average in 2013. They won the national title mm-hmm. with Jameis Winston in 2013. But they didn't play a very good schedule. Just because you play a bad schedule doesn't mean you're not the best team. You can still be – like Bama has not played – one of the better schedules. In fact, if you look at their strength of schedule, it's 61st in the nation. Ohio State's strength of schedule is 16th. So Ohio State's strength of schedule right now is, is significantly better than Alabama's. Mm-hmm. But, but Alabama's winning by 45 points. Like It doesn't make them any less good because they've played a bad schedule. Well, it makes thing, them less proven, good thing, but that's, that's, that's a different thing. The good thing about this is that every team except Clemson will be able to prove themselves. Penn State got to play an undefeated Minnesota. They got to then play Ohio possibly State. a undefeated Ohio State. Yeah. LSU and Alabama play yep. in two weeks. Yep. So the only team that doesn't have to go through this gauntlet is Clemson. The toughest and, game on their schedule might be at South Carolina. Yeah. So think about that. Left on the schedule. Yeah. Sorry. So they are. If they don't lose, which I don't think they will, they're going to. They might end up number one again or number two again mm-hmm. at the end of the season. And, I mean, I wouldn't argue it. You know, it is what it is. But eventually, I mean, eventually Clemson is sitting in a position where, you know what, they know ultimately that they will end up two or three in the country because all these teams are going to knock each other off yep. and they're going to fall right at two. I mean, Georgia, Because Florida, if LSU yeah. beat Bama, yeah. whoever wins between LSU and Bama game will be number one. Yeah, probably. I, I just – the reason I bring up the 23-game winning streak is to say why are why is a team that has clearly been the best team in college football over the last year and a half being so dis like they again they win by 50 points and they fall in the polls like I don't understand 
that would not happen to any other team. It, it, it's happening to Clemson for some reason. I don't know why. And it's it's like we're just giving Dabo Sweeney what he wants, mm-hmm. which is disrespect. He wants to be on the Roy bus. They're, they're so good in a conference that's so bad, I think they're bored. I, I, I agree. They Dabo wants... This is rat poison, right? Like to be number one. Yeah, yeah. This is what Nick Nick Saban calls it: rat poison. To be number one and be and be praised all year. You know what helps a coach with that? Being just quote unquote disrespected all year. And Clemson has been disrespected quote unquote all year. They beat somebody by thirty five points and they fall in the rankings. Like that's that. If I'm Dabo, I'm going hell yeah, boys. Mm-hmm. Keep get, keep bringing on the hatred. I'm gonna I'm gonna spin it in the locker room and motivate everybody. Yeah, the top four should be Baylor, SMU. Appalachia State, Minnesota, in Minnesota. That oh yeah, let's just go four. to eight teams this year. Yeah, we'll just expand the playoffs right there. Boom yeah. in I, your face. I just want to see whap, a goat whap. get drunk on television this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> if the goat is not the guest picker on game day this weekend, I'm going to be pissed off. All right, coming up next, we have seen it happen with Illinois. We have seen it happen with Arizona State. Is it on the verge of happening over on the West End? We'll explain next on Morning Drive. 7.32, welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Nick Braden, D-Mace, and Marquise with you here on this Tuesday edition of the show. So in college football, we've seen some non-traditional hires, right? Some guys that had some success in the NFL. Illinois hired Lovey Smith. Arizona State has hired Herm Edwards. We've seen Lovey knock off Wisconsin as a 30-point dog. Herm Edwards has knocked off Michigan State this year. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing some of these guys have some success. Well... Could that very well be happening over on the West End? According to ESPN's Adam Rittenberg, he is reporting that Jeff Fisher, and here's the direct quote from Adam Rittenberg, I am told former Tennessee Titans coach Jeff Fisher is a potential target for Vanderbilt. Fisher remains popular in Nashville, and new Vanderbilt AD Malcolm Turner wouldn't hesitate to make a non-traditional hire. So what do we make of this? And my, my first reaction was it would never work because Vanderbilt only plays 12 games a year. (laughs) <laughs> You're bad. Well, no, you could be wrong. you could be six and six, but yeah. you can't be seven to nine. But yeah. six and six would be a really good season for Vanderbilt. They would sign up for it all day. Um, I, would talk, it, but seriously, would it work? I, listen, I don't. I don't know if it would work as far as like, can you do better than Derek Mason or James? You certainly can't do better than James Franklin. Um, can you do better than Derek Mason from a wins and losses standpoint? Maybe so. Does that come along with more financial commitment from the institution? Yeah, that, that's the biggest question for me. If you're Jeff Fisher, why would you want the job? Well, you're, you live in Nashville. If you just are that desperate to get back into coaching, there's a lot worse ways to do it than at a prestigious academic institution in the SEC. There's a lot to like about it. You make a big paycheck at, at Vanderbilt. We know that. So there's reasons to, to – like, if you're just that desperate, sure. I, I don't know why Jeff Fisher is guaranteed to be better than Derek Mason. Like yeah, You're right. Like When's the last time Jeff Fisher recruited a put together a recruiting class? It's been a long time. So, I mean, Derek Mason has all those relationships. I don't know why you think Jeff Fisher automatically fixes the problems that are – like, is he, is, is he a better schematic coach than Derek Mason? Probably. He's an NFL coach. He's coached for, like, Well, couldn't you just look years. at Arizona State and say, well, if Herm Edwards could do that in that conference, can Derek, uh, can Jeff Fisher get us six, but, seven wins but here? that conference Very is different. different yeah, Arizona State probably put more resources. Arizona State competes for Pac-12 exactly. championships. They put more resources toward – you know, they're, they're athletics. It, it, here's the thing. If if you're going to if you're going to say, you know what, we're, we're moving on from Coach Mason, we want someone else in here, then if I am a coach, I the first question I'm asking is, okay, you're, you fired Coach Mason, you're hiring me. What's different? 
Are you going to give me more than what you've given? And I'm not talking about pay. I'm talking about support. Are you going to give me more support than you are, than you have Derek Mason? And then if they say, yeah, my thing is, well, why did you fire Derek Mason? Like, that's my whole thing. Why didn't you give that to him? Yeah, why didn't you give that to him? Right. You know, he's been he was there six years. He's been wanting it. Well, here, so here, why here, didn't you give it here, to him? Here's the simple answer. He wasn't my hire. Mm. No, you can say and, yeah. and look at Malcolm Turner. What did he do? He got rid of a college guy for a pro guy. Yep. He brought in Jerry Stackhouse to replace Bryce Drew, NBA guy. Jeff Fisher, NFL guy. There could be a pattern. Think, no, the, the pattern for his argument about Turner going non-traditional, totally uh-huh. valid. Uh-huh. That, that's 100% valid. But my thing is, again, like if you didn't do it for him, why? Why? Why do I think you're going to do it for me? I need some insurance. Well, you play. You play not, for the guy. Yeah. Do, do you think he could do it? No, I think Jeff is, is a good coach. I, I really do. I but think. Does his skill set, all the positives of Jeff mm-hmm. Fisher, does that translate to eighteen to twenty-two year olds and in people's living rooms? Mm, that'd be the thing. Is he that kind of guy I that can go in there and I don't sell? No, because you look at Herm, and if you you if you've watched Herm, it's all he energy. can walk into yeah. a living room. Because his energy is so high, yeah. and it's like it's infectious. He gets you, and I'm not saying that Jeff is not like that, but I think Jeff is a little bit more subdued. He's a little bit more relaxed, and oh, come know. to Vanderbilt. Yeah, I don't know if he can. You know, yeah. can he get that energy up? Hey, mom, good to meet you. You know, maybe he can't. I don't know, but if you put him on the sidelines, I think he'd do a great job. I think he he's a good exes and those guys. He, he knows bring football. In the, he knows football. He'll yeah. bring in guys that knows football as well. But again, it has to me. It's not about that. It's about are you going to? How can you convince me that it's going to be any different for me than it was Derek Mason? Because you can tell me it's different, but the guys that are stroking the checks, how do, how are you going to convince them? Because I'm sure you've been trying to convince them, and they haven't budged. They haven't budged in 20 years. Even when they were winning games with Franklin, they really didn't I mean, budge. All the reports are that there will be some budging at some point. I mean, that's just, but that's just all reports. That's all empty promises at this point. We don't know. Mm-hmm. To your point, like now again, the, the other question is just this is the other thing that I've learned in, in covering college football coaches in general. You just never know what makes a guy tick. Exactly. G- Gary Anderson leaves Wisconsin, a really good job, to go to Oregon State. What? the hell is that about like (laughs) Oregon State is a far worse job than Wisconsin Mm -hmm. why did he do it well his family loves the west coast and he wants to leave nobody else in their right mind would leave Wisconsin for Oregon State look at Joe Moorhead he's at Mississippi State right now and there's rumors that he wants the Rutgers job why would anyone leave the SEC to go coach at freaking Rutgers Mm -hmm. well because he's from Pennsylvania he's from the northeast and his family's from up there you just don't know what makes he doesn't like the SEC pressure cooker whatever you don't know what makes a guy tick and if Jeff Fisher what makes him tick right now is just he has to be on a sideline. Yeah. Then, yeah. then if that's all that it is, then Vanderbilt is a there's a lot worse place. Mac Brown's back in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. You know, Herm is different. I think North Carolina and, and Arizona State they actually have room to win games in those mm-hmm. conferences. I don't think Vandy has a lot of space to win games. They need support. But if you're Jeff Fisher, you're going to make three million dollars to go coach Vandy with no pressure. Well, like, think, what's, the, what's the pressure? Think, for think him about to this: win? Like, if you're nothing. if you're Jeff Fisher and you want to get back on the sideline. And you covet the USC job as a USC guy. You got to realize Urban Meyer is going to get first crack at that job. So if you're Jeff Fisher and I really want to coach, what's the second possibility? Now I'm not trying to compare Vanderbilt to USC, but the guy lives in Nashville. He'd be able to fulfill that itch. 
No, I think it's uh, – you're absolutely right. I think the only two places that make sense are those two, and I would not hire him at USC. No, I wouldn't so either. So I, I just don't think he's – Not if Urban's available. Yeah, and well, and, and they, I'm, I'm willing to bet you they already know if Urban wants the job well, or not. It, it, well, they are, they are, Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart are sitting on set with him every day for six hours. They know if Urban Meyer wants the job or not. I would – I think it's a I think it's a foregone conclusion he's going to be the head coach at USC. But that's just – I mean, I said that the day he resigned from Ohio State, so I'm not going to move off that. But this is what, like, not many people want Jeff Fisher. I don't think there is another option for Jeff Fisher. Vanderbilt, again, if you're that desperate to coach, you could do a lot worse if you're Vanderbilt than Jeff Fisher. And if you're Jeff Fisher, you get a job in the SEC in your hometown. Like, it, there's, there is a lot of reasons why it makes sense. It may not equal winning. <laughs> like I think it, he would. It may equal 4-8 and eight every yeah, year. Yeah, I think he would do a, a good job. I, I really do. Um, but, you know, he would have to, with limited resources— um, he would have to then, you know, whatever resources they give him, he would have to stretch it. Um, you know, he would have to, you know, figure out who's going to be my coordinators, um, you know, and then kind of go from there. But putting him on a sideline, um, I think he'd do a good job. I, I think the team would, you know, they would win games. But how many games would they win? I mean, I, what do it's Vandy's going to get into this cycle that they're going to be hiring because. To me, if you hire Jeff Fisher, if Jeff Fisher wins seven games two years in a row, he's gone. He is gone. Where, where would he? Like, what he's is just he, gone what, somewhere. He he, NFL job. Or? NFL job. He's gone. You think he seven, can rebuild eight, his stock that that quickly? If he wins seven eight games at Vandy, yes. Yeah, maybe you're right. But the reality yeah. is, Vanderbilt is a stepping stone job. So you can't not take Jeff Fisher in fear of him succeeding and leaving gotta, two years. I, get, I, I get what you're saying, but you're, Maybe he does you're doing just... this all over again, over again, over again. And it's not like Vandy, like, I don't know what... Well, Vandy would have to accept that because that's what their program is. Well, yeah, it's kind of like the Western Kentucky of the SEC. It's like... I'm going to take this job. No, Western Kentucky wins games in its conference. No, what I'm saying, it's like a stepping stone. It's yeah, like, right, I'm going to take right. the job, I'm going to do good, and right. then I'm going to move on right. somewhere if, if else. You're, like, if you're James Franklin and you want to win national titles, you're not going to stay at Vandy. Exactly. The bottom line. Like, if like, I win seven games at Vandy, I am, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, if I can do this it, again, then I can segue this into another job. A hundred percent. But again, it goes back to what makes you tick. And if what Jeff Fisher wants to do is fish every day in Nashville for the rest of his life... And oh, by the way, coaching football by day, you know, then coaching Vandy, like he may not want to go to another place. If he maybe well, he wants uh, to just I'm stay. Telling you, like I'm no not saying fish. that's what it is. I'm just saying you don't know what's in his what's in his. But, what's but if, his you, if, you're, if you're Malcolm Turner, think about it this way too: you hire Jerry Stackhouse. You can't operate under the fear that hey, Jerry Stackhouse might do really good things, and then when 77 year old Roy Williams that's, says I've had enough, he bolts to North Carolina to coach for his alma mater. That's yeah. already written in stone. Yeah. That that's going to happen. Of course, like, I, I if he's good here, he's going to go to North Carolina. Jeff will get tired of the the you know the bureaucracy of 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 Vandy and you know he get tired of just not being able to get the guys there's a lot of like po- politicking exactly. that goes into being I a college coach would, I think he would yeah. get tired of that I think he would be like you know what I tend I've to had agree. enough I, I you know after agree. 2 or 3 years I've had enough you know I've got enough money I, my name's I can live in Nashville right. and do things from here but this is I can't continue to do this job. It, it, I think he would get tired yeah. of doing a job here. If you in, hire in someone like a Derek Mason, a, a coordinator who's taking his first head coaching job, there's pressure for that person to succeed. Mm-hmm. If you hire a guy who's coached 20 years in the NFL, you're not really, there's not a lot of pressure for Jeff Fisher. Like I think if, the pressure he, for Fisher you know, would be himself. 
yeah, winning, exactly. turning the program around. And if he can't turn it around, I think he would get frustrated. And be like, I, yep, you know, I can't. I they're, they're not helping me. I got, I'm done. Dude, the, 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 you also will work tons more hours in college than you do the NFL. Because recruiting is 365, 12 months mm-hmm. a year. You In the offseason, you're grinding every day to recruit. And in the NFL, that ain't the way it works. You get away from the game. You spend time with your family. You're not you, even during the season. You have to recruit in college football. You're recruiting constantly every day. Text messages, DMs, Snapchats, whatever. Constant, constant, constant. And in the NFL, you, you do it once a year. You make your draft. You sign some free agents, and you move on. And then you you go to battle and you coach football. So I don't know. If, again, what makes Jeff Fisher tick? What does he want? How badly does he want to coach? Also, let's make sure we acknowledge that Vanderbilt still currently has a football coach <laughs> that has gotten them to bowl games. Yeah, and he'll be joining us tomorrow. So I, I think it's a little premature. Like I would, I would stick it out with Derek Mason over Jeff Fisher personally. Okay, Predators start up a homestand against the Blackhawks tonight. We'll get to that on the other side as well as some big news that affects the Predators in the Central Division that came down yesterday. But right now, your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Nashville SC take on Indy Eleven at First Tennessee Park for the Eastern Conference semifinal of the USL playoffs this Saturday. Just be caller five right now six one five seven three seven. 1025. Back after this here on Morning Drive. Predators and the Blackhawks tonight, 7 o'clock puck drop here on 1025. The game pregame at 6. We'll get to all things Preds in a second, including right now one of the coolest things that this show, this station, has ever given away. Nay, the universe. ESPN 1025, the game. Nashville is sending one lucky listener and a guest to Dallas with the winner classic celebration flyaway starting monday november 4th listen for the cue to call in and qualify for a chance to win the grand prize which includes get this boys round trip airfare Woo-hoo. hotel accommodations oh yeah those are two big ones right there Huge. A, pa- a pair of tickets to see skinnerd at the Ooh. american airlines center on new year's eve Skinner. hello skinnerd Oh, Skinner? Leonard. Leonard oh, Skinner. Oh. Uh, at the American Airlines boy. Center on New Year's Eve. Yeah, that's your boy. <laughs> it's, a, it's a band. Uh, a, a, pair, <laughs> a pair of tickets to the Hockey Winter Classic as the Preds take on the Dallas Stars at the Cotton Bowl Stadium on Wednesday, January 1st. So, again, round-trip airfare, hotel accommodations, a pair of tickets to see Scannard at the American Airlines Center on New Year's Eve the night before, and then you get to go to the game the following day. You're right, Nick. It is one of the coolest things we've ever done. Winner will be announced on Friday, November 15th. Prizes courtesy of Outback Concerts. For more details, visit thegamenashville.com. I believe that starts Monday, November 4th. Listen in for your cues to qualify. So start qualifying on Monday, and you get to see Skinnerd. Skinnerd, my boy. That's Mm -hmm. my boy. That's your boy. Skinnerd. Yeah. The group. Dude, that's a, no, I'm just saying. That's a hell of a prize pack, boys. Oh, yeah. One of the guys. That's my dude. My dudes. Yeah. One of them? Yeah, one of them. Translation to that giveaway, that read that Braden just did, basically we are going to treat you to a better trip than the station treated us to SEC Media Days. We are taking care of our audience more than our own individual talent. That's how much we care about you, the listener. No comment. There you go. You know what? I plead the fifth on that one. Yeah, I'm with my I ain't pleading the fifth. I'm with my dog right here. We're riding and dying together. (laughs) 
You know what? Dying. Give me some. Because we're not. Hey, look, look, the reality is we're Dying. nothing without the audience. Exactly. Dying is the key word. <laughs> Speaking. Um, no, it, that is one of the coolest things. Man. Yeah, that, is. that is a great kudos, trip. Kudos. That's a great trip. So if you're a Preds fan, speaking of dying, and you never root for anybody to get hurt, but if you're a Predators fan, this is good news. Uh, the St. Louis Blues yesterday dealt some breaking news. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, who certainly had a great postseason last year, is going to have uh, surgery on his left shoulder. He'll be reevaluated in five months. So a big blow to the Blues in the Central, which obviously would certainly help the chances of the Predators who play the Blackhawks tonight. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, by huge, the way, huge injury news there. No mm-hmm. question yeah. about. It. By the way, Philip Forsberg was, um, I believe, Adam Vingan said cheeky at at uh, practice yesterday, which huh? or, 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 Tuesday, or Tuesday. So. Um, it, it means cheeky. That he, yeah, it's 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 Vingan. You know how yeah, he is. Vingan. What does it, it, cheeky mean? It means that good he's, mood. It means that he's in a good mood and he's ready to go and he's waiting on clearance from the coaching staff. Is that, is that what is how I means? It's how I read it. You've never heard the the, phrase, heard the phrase cheeky. No, I've never. You heard don't heard remember cheeky. Mike Myers on the SNL skit? Cheeky. No, I don't. You little cheeky. No, I cheeky don't. monkey. <laughs> were you looking at my bum <laughs> bum looker? Yes, you were bum looker, you cheeky, cheeky monkey. monkey. Where are you going to get an SNL uh, Mike Myers reference? Yeah, I think not. Well, we now are, I know what it means. Derek, we are two wild and yeah. crazy guys. Yes. <laughs> yes, y'all are. <laughs> but seriously, though, good news. Uh-huh. Duchesne back on the second line practicing yesterday. Mm-hmm. Forsberg was kind of off on doing some rushes on the side. Cheeky. I think Duchesne back tonight, Forsberg back Thursday. Fair but, guess. That's, that's possible. I can see Forsberg back tonight, too. So okay. We shall see. Yeah, they're on Can I let you know game? after more morning skate? Can I let you know what I think? They're on a three-game win streak, so you know, that's good for I can't the can't believe you never heard Cheeky. No, I can't believe that. Heard cheeky, man. cheeky monkey. <laughs> I never heard of Cheeky. <laughs> What's the, is that I the, heard of Maurice Cheeks. That's not the one where he's in the bathtub, right? What's yeah, the, that is it. Yes. So I've heard of Cheeky. With Danny DeVito. So they're funny. sitting in the bathtub together like you and Marcus. Oh, <laughs> he's wow. got them cherry, the hairy chest. Mm. <laughs> oh, you look at my bum. That was crazy. You've never seen that skit? We I got, can't no, believe you've never seen it. we got to play now, here's the other, So did you get the reference to Steve Martin that I made about the wild and crazy guy? Oh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Okay, yeah, so you yeah. get that. All right. Yeah, that Steve happened Martin. in the 70s. Yeah. That was like uh, D. Okay, Mason's real. That was my heyday. That was my heyday, man. Back when Derek was like in his 40s. Back in the 70s. All right, so Predators have won three in a row. Blackhawks have snapped a four-game losing streak. And I think a lot of people going into this year thought Chicago was going to be better is it still a rivalry? And I know it, the whole the whole Pred Hawk thing, but does it feel the same when they're as bad as they are? Well, I don't know how, what Chicago is going to be. I mean, they were we we thought the demise of Chicago. We sort of wrote the demise of Chicago mm-hmm. like almost like a year ago, eighteen months ago. We wrote the demise of the Chicago Blackhawks. Right, salary cap purgatory, all these big names on big contracts, and they can't survive. Well, they've moved some pieces around. They've gotten a little younger, and. And then they caught, they sort of surged last year at the end of the year mm-hmm. a little bit, kind of surprising everybody. And so I think when they came into the season, there was sort of a little bit of this cautious optimism for them and their fans. It hasn't gone as planned, but I, I, I am ex- not excited. I am interested to get a first look at them tonight. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's what's interesting. And sort of it doesn't matter when these two play. You sort of throw out the record. So the outcome, the game itself is sort of secondary. Or, I mean, it's it's a separate conversation. What is and what are the Chicago Blackhawks going to be this year? I think that remains to be seen. I think oh. they hate each other, so that'll always make for a good game. That's mm-hmm. true. Um, so, Also yesterday, Roman Yossi named the second star in the NHL for last week. So if I'm Roman Yossi and I'm still seeking a contract 
and I keep racking up these awards and these <laughs> accolades. I keep inching closer to $10 million a year, at least in my mind. I don't know how. Man, this is this is weird. It's crazy. It's weird. It's, you know, it's everything in all things with Roman oh, Yossi. That's deep. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> because, you know, the reason why the reasons you didn't choose to sign him or you guys couldn't work out a deal at the beginning of the season or right before the season, you know, it is what it is. But as the season has gone and I know, you know, we're only, you know, eight games into the season somewhere around there. Um, he is slowly making a case uh, nine games. Of the, well, 11 for for the Preds. Um, he's slowly just making a case for, you know, you should have signed me at the beginning of the season. Mm. He's sort of doing, I think, it's the equivalent sort of to Joe Flacco, that you wanted to work on a deal, but you after a while you was like, you know what, nope, I don't want to. I'm going to bet on myself. And as the season goes on, either I'm going to, you know, cost myself a lot of money or I'm going to, Earn myself a so, lot of money. So what you're saying is the Preds are going to have to overpay Roman Yossi, but we're going to get a Stanley Cup out of the uh, yeah, deal. Yeah, I hope so. I'll I take it. So. I yeah. hope so. I'll take it. But, so, but sign, sign me up he, right now. The Give him more 15 million. more he's doing, <laughs> the more and more he's showing yeah. that he's a dominant force, the more money you're going to have to pay this guy. Because if I'm him and his agent, I'm just, I'm just. I, do you, I'm do you think this? And, and I'm every, just, I'm just, does it ever get my, to the point where you where, where you cut off communication? You say, you know what, we're gonna wait till this till the spring. I, I mean, don't you, think, you always listen. Uh, yeah, I don't think yeah. they are that type of this this bunch of you know the 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 player and the agent. The player is not going to think about it. He's like, you know, it, it, until they get some on paper, then I'm just going to play. I guarantee you, though, when he sees his agent call. Oh yeah, he's here yeah. for a couple of. Pages. He's like, oh, okay, oh, do they wait, got okay. a deal done or not? But yeah. it's. I think it does get to a point where, you know what, if we're thirty games in and, and my client continues to play this way, then don't call me and unless you got something serious. Every day that goes by, Roman Yossi has more leverage. Exactly. Every day that goes by, he's going to gain leverage because you're closer and closer to a time where you don't control him anymore. Yeah. Which means he has more leverage because every if day. You that don't goes pay by. him; someone else will. Well, that is for sure. So, uh, Also, want to remind everybody, Preds fans, Smashville Live returns this Wednesday, hosted by me, live from Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House in East Nashville, located, on 1000, located at 1003 Russell Street from 7 to 8. That's right there on 10th and Russell. Uh, this week's guests are Nashville Predators Ryan Johansson and Colton yes. Sissons. The first 50 people will have an opportunity to get an autograph or picture. Fans can register to win two tickets to an upcoming Predators home game. Smashville Live is brought to you, of course, by the wonderful sponsors, New Amsterdam Vodka, Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, and Red Spirits and Wine. Against that's 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 Joey and and Colton at Boomba's Tap House on Wednesday <clears throat> coming up tomorrow yeah. night, seven o'clock. Joey, you gotta want to meet these guys. I'm not. I, I will not call tickets. them. Jo- I will not call him Joey during the show. Give uh-huh. you ten bucks if you do. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. I give you. But seven. I get to I, I get to rip you on I Thursday. You, I give here. you seven. Oh, so you'll give me ten? No, no. no I said seven. Ten each. No. Nope, why, nope, why seven? seven. What do you have to? Uh, we're we, gonna go we, break we, a yeah, ten? We, no, we're bargaining. I give you six. We're, we're bargaining. Yeah, there's we, no bargaining yeah, this here. This is a bargain. You're gonna give me ten dollars, and you're gonna give me ten dollars. Tell me what I'm going. Seven fifty. That's it. Folks, this is how you stay rich. You have quarters. Like you have them in the range. Just a couple quarters and in the range. Seven seventy-five. 
ten dollars for 777. you, Bob. Just ten dollars for you. Sevens. I'll give you ten dollars if you call him Joey, and we have the tape to prove it. I'm giving you seven seventy seven. I want twenty dollars between the two of you somehow. Well, Nick, you can give up. The I rest will cut. Yes, I'm giving up seven. Well, I'm giving up three fifty, Mr. So. Bruno over there. Settle down. <laughs> you know, if I, you know, if I'm going to give him, Mr. Bruno, if I'm going to give him ten dollars, I got to go to the wife to get the money because you know I don't have cash. <laughs> and when she, and when you ask, and she says, "What's it for?" and you're like, "I made Braden use a nickname on the radio." She's, She's going to punch me in the face. She's not going to give it to exactly. Right where Taylor Lewan got punched. Yes, in the stomach. Coming up next, NFL trade deadline today at three o'clock. Will John Robinson make a move? Who goes? Who stays? We'll talk about it next on Morning Drive.